Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to our Facebook Live here. Um, I have my awesome co-host, Sandra, here. We're going to talk about migraines, and that is our topic. Feel free, guys. Welcome home. Welcome to VACI. You can put your branch of service, you know um, where you're from, in the comments over there. We'll, we'll shout you out when we see you. Also, post your questions if you have any. Um, we, we're so glad you took the time to come here and talk about this because we know that a lot of veterans suffer from migraines, including myself, and non-veterans alike too, is not discriminatory against you no know, veterans or non-veterans. But mm -hmm. in this forum, we're talking about migraines and how to get those connected and, and some of the things that you need to understand as far as what the VA is, is looking to hear and stuff like that. But before we go any further, I'm just gonna let Sandra introduce herself really quickly and then I'll do the same and we'll jump right into this. Go ahead, Sandra. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I am Coach Sandra. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's a pleasure to serve you uh, and answer all the questions that you may have, of course. Uh, looking forward to spending this hour with you. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. So a little bit about myself, a little background here um, of how this journey started and this movement. You know, a lot of us, when we get out of the military, when we first come out, they they pretty much make us believe that if one, if you file a claim, that's all you get. You can't, you know, rebuttal. You can't, if you get a bad rating or, or a bad decision, then that's it. Even while we're in, you know, we're, we're encouraged not to go to sick call because, you know, you'll be a malingerer or, or a sick call ranger and the whole nine. And now we know better. We're out. We're trying to get these claims filed and, and trying to get compensated for our migraines. And here we go. We're having a difficult time. So when I got out of the military in uh, 2006, I was only 10% from my back, but I had suffering from migraines from the time I was in the military from boot camp, really. And you know, it took me, you know, watching Brian Reese's videos and and seeing someone finally break down how to get this process going without hitting that brick wall and without getting that door slammed in your face over and over again. Like I know most of us understand that feeling. So he was kind of the first person to kind of break that down into a sense where I can be like, okay, this is doable. It's not as daunting and as frustrating as they make it try to seem to make us quit. Let me take charge of this and take charge of my, my, my health and, and go on from there. So long story short, the director right now, Terrell Morell, he was my coach at the time. So he was like, you know, Jay Reed, what's going on in your life? You know, what's, what, how can we help you? And I told him about my mental health, about my migraines, the whole nine. And, and he was like, I can help you. You don't have to suffer in silence anymore. Let's get this done. And from 10%, I was thir 13 years, I was at 10% actually. And um, <laughs> it was crazy because after we filed, I'm guessing, you know, I'm going to get like a 20% bump maybe or 30% or, or something like that if I'm lucky. 
and literally in two months, almost on the dot, check my e-benefits and I was 100%. And part of that was 100% permanently in total, more specifically. And a, a big part of that was my migraine claim that I filed, got 50% for that. And, you know, with migraines, you know, it's a certain um, thing that most of us suffer with that you can connect to pretty much any um, primary condition. But for my case, my migraines were pretty much the catalyst from my um, military service. So I was able to prove that with my medical documentation. So after I got that um, P&T <laughs> and my life changed, I was like, you know what? I want to give this feeling to other vets. I want to pay it forward. And I want other vets to understand that there is hope out there. You don't have to suffer in silence. You know, a no does not mean, you know, it's the final answer. Even if you tried before to file your claim and you were denied, there's ways that you can fight that and, and not give up and, and get the compensation that you deserve. So I came on and became a coach with, with the ACI and here we are. And now um, I'm looking in the chat here and seeing everybody coming on. We've got Roy here from the Air Force. Welcome guys. We've got Stacy, one of our fellow coaches. Thanks Stacy for stopping by. Um, David from Kentucky here, 100% disabled, double lung transplant service connected. Wow, that is amazing, David. You got the man, the myth, the legend, Brian here. <laughs> Thanks, Brian, for dropping in. <laughs> so I'm gonna just start here by, by no kind of going, I know, I know, right, the boss. <laughs> going in here to um, kind of the, the details of, of the migraine and the migraine claim. So specifically on the CFR 38, it's uh, the code is 8100 for migraines, but just understand that even though we say migraines over and over again, you can file for headaches um, specifically, but migraines is the, the more popular diagnosis, but there's over 150 different types of, of headaches you can pretty much have. And you can get rated for those and compensated for those if you want, you have your diagnosis, you have your um, medical evidence, you have a connection to the military and you have current symptoms that are plaguing you today. Um, I think migraines up there with PTSD, tinnitus, those type of, of claims are pretty much the most common that we see coming through here and, and trying to help veteran service connect. And it's a lot of frustration going into that because of a lot of miseducation and a lot of mis, um, misinformation too, really. Um, it may it be the VA barracks lawyers that we like to call them or, or may it be you know, just random friends and Sandra's laughing, but yeah. So we try to, to educate and we try to, to empower veterans to understand one, their symptoms, specifically today we're talking about migraines, and two, to know what is required to, to get that compensated and service connected so you can, can get some relief in that sense. Um, on top of that, just know that there are different types of, of headaches that you can have, and the VA pretty much breaks them down. You have primary headaches, you can have uh, secondary headaches, and the, another category is other, but for the most part, the migraines fall under under primary. Um, and really, you have to be able to, to speak, not just that you have these symptoms of, of migraine headache. More importantly, you have to speak to how these symptoms affect your life and affect you in a negative way um, and to what extent. So if your migraines are, are costing you or, or causing you to have you know, a negative impact in your life, you, you have to um, let the VA know that and not just say, oh, I have a headache or, oh, it's bad. You have to quantify, you have to let them know, hey, this many times a week or this many times a month, 
I'm having these migraines because if you if you get general and vague and say, oh, I have some or a few, the VA can take that and run with it and pretty much say that that's maybe that's two for the whole two weeks or two, that's two for the whole two months. But you have to be specific and let them know exactly what's going on with you in that sense. And, and again, I, I, go ahead, sorry, I just wanted to add a little um, note here that, of course, keep track of those symptoms as well. There are a couple ways that you can do that. Uh, the migraine the migraine buddy is one of the uh, best apps, if you will. Uh, you can find that on your smartphone. You can download it and you can actually uh, keep track of the severity and the frequency of those migraines in that app. You can actually then uh, print that information as evidence and upload that into, uh, you know, va.gov once you submit your claim. So it is uh, something that is extremely useful. If you don't want to use the app, you can always just keep a log. Uh, and when you talk about your symptoms, when you do eventually have that CMP exam, elaborate, just like Jay Reed was saying, elaborating Absolutely. on the symptoms rather than just saying, you know, I get a headache once a week or I get a headache twice a week. Elaborate. What does that headache specifically do to you? Does it, you know, deplete you? Does it make you lay down in bed? Does, you know, specifics to that migraine, that headache, whatever headache it may be. There's, like Jay uh, Reed was saying, over 150, it could be a sinus, a tension, it could be a cluster. Um, so there's a variety of headaches. Um, whatever that may be for you, the specificity, specific, whatever, the specifics of the symptoms are what going, are, are what going to be uh, the most important when you divulge that information to the uh, examiner and the frequency, of course. Yeah. And depending on that severity and that frequency, that's how they're going to rate you to go uh, between zero and 50. So depending on the severity, um, if they're not frequent, if they're not severe, then you may be on a lower rating of a 10%. However, we're going to try and obviously get to that 50%, which is the, the most severe and the highest rating for the night. Absolutely. Great point, Sandra. Yes. And to, to piggyback off of that with the migraine buddy, it's it's cool because you want to have that journal or that um, chronological events where you tell them exactly when your migraine started, what triggered them, how long they lasted. So you get a lot of details into that. And like Sandra was saying, the VA rates you on the severity of your symptoms, not just a diagnosis of migraine. So people don't get focused on the diagnosis of what type of migraine you have. And is it going to be a cluster? Is it all those are, again, subjective to you. So you really have to speak to the symptoms themselves and then the diagnosis will come after that. So also great point, Sandra, mm -hmm. with that. Um, the, the thing to realize too, the VA are looking for certain, certain cues or certain criteria, I should say, for, for each um, rating. And it's very important that you express to them the, the exact symptoms of what's going on because it could be the difference between you getting, like Sandra said, that 10%, that that 30%, or that 50%. So you go in and, and you're having these migraines. And again, like before, if you're telling them that you're having a few, that's not enough because there's a certain criteria, a certain number they're looking for. If it's two to four a month, then if you only say a few, they're kind of limiting yourself there. So you have to say, hey, doc, you know, if I go a whole week or or so without having two or three migraines, I'm lucky. If that's your truth, you say that. 
Uh, same thing with if you're having to call off of work, if you're missing time off work, if you're getting passed up for promotions, if you're not effective in your job, if you're having to take longer lunches, whatever it may be, they need to hear these things because again, they're, they're rating you for the, the, the occupational impact it's having on you and that economic loss you're getting. So if it's costing you something, you, you, it behooves you to let them know that as well. Yeah. And go ahead, Sandra. If I will, uh, Bay. another good thing also to keep in mind, if it is affecting you occupationally, meaning you are losing time at work because of the migraines or the headaches, um, you can always go to your boss and ask them to write a letter to describe the frequency of the amount of time Great you've point. lost due to these uh, headaches. Or you can even go to HR. They have a log of, you know, of the time that you've missed. So Absolutely. they can also give you this information, this evidence, if you will, to use then to support that claim, to, to develop that claim and, and make it a strong, strong claim. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off that on a, on a personal level, I remember act actively practicing um, nursing and with our shift work, we get three to four, four days a week. And some weeks I would have two or three migraines. And if I call off of work two out of those three days, that's half of my paycheck gone right there. So that was something that I had to express to that examiner when I went to my CMP exam because it was absolutely having an effect on my my ability to to earn and my income and, and my earning potential because of of the shift work I was doing and how debilitating my migraines were to the point where I know if you're a migraine sufferer you, you're almost like there should be no zero or ten rating is either you have them or it's fifty in my opinion because it, I'm sad to shaking her head you, know, you don't have to be a veteran to oh, know sure. that that my yeah migraines. Yeah are debilitating you have to go in a dark room and, and if you're what you call prostrating you and, and a, just a fancy word the va uses for for to describe you like putting your face down on the pillow or, or in a bed or wherever else you may be to try to alleviate the the pain of this headache and it may last an hour it may last two hours it depends some people have to sleep through the night to get through their migraines for my kids situation some migraines went on for days so if the, if that's your case if that's your truth don't minimalize it and say, you know, they're pretty bad or they happen a few times. You really have to impress upon these examiners the extent of how these migraines are affecting your life every day. Exactly. And not only occupationally, we also have socially. So, you know, are these also, um, you know, these migraines or these headaches impeding you going to a family function or, you know, anything that is impacting your lifestyle uh, socially, even with relationships in in the home, those are other things that you need to express as well, and make sure that you um, make known to that examiner just the you know how they are impacting your lifestyle in in general right. and how badly. And and also too, when Sandra was making the point about you know getting your your supervisor or your boss or whoever to to kind of vouch for you, the same thing you can do with again a, a buddy. Family, it could be anybody 18 or older, it could be a spouse or a family member, a coworker or something like that. And then if your treatment records for the migraines are kind of shoddy, you're kind of thin there, always know you can, can get an independent medical opinion. You can get a, a buddy statement or a buddy letter or a sworn statement from someone that can attest to your, your symptoms and how they affect you every day. And that also goes a long way into strengthening your claim for these migraine headaches, because it's always great when it's your own words, but if the VA sees that a board certified physician is also echoing what you're saying, 
And then you have another third party, maybe again, a battle buddy, a spouse or whoever, or, or a coworker that's, you know, again, co-signing what you're saying, then it just makes your claim that much stronger and makes it harder for the VA to now to say no and, and go from there. So another good thing to remember besides the Migraine Buddy app, uh, having buddy letters or somebody can attest to your symptoms goes a long way too. Um, we're going to touch on uh, secondaries if you want to, Sandra, real quick, and then we can go yeah. from there. Absolutely. So keep in mind, obviously, we just talked about a, an overview of, of, you know, how to move forward with the claims process for headaches, migraines. Um, however, just uh, remember that you do need a diagnosis, obviously. So get yourself your butt to the doctor, just like Brian Lee says. <laughs> He's That's listening. my favorite line. <laughs> I know. Um, but it, it, but it's true, you know. If you don't go to the doctor, you won't have a diagnosis, and then you can't move forward because it will automatically uh, be denied. So um, a nexus as well, meaning that you have to have some sort of evidence that these migraines uh, did occur in service, or you were treated for them in service. If by chance you don't have that um, evidence, if you will, so records, treatment records, medical records, clinic, whatever you may have that it did occur in service specifically, then we can talk about secondary claims. So there's a variety of um, conditions that you may already have currently that are service connected, right? So let's just pick one. Let's say you have a mental health service connected condition. It could be PTSD, anxiety, major depressive disorder, general anxiety disorder. There is a scientific proof that migraine, migraines or headaches are a result of that condition. So what we do is we'll go in and we'll do a secondary claim. So we we do uh, put in a claim for migraines or headaches secondary to mental health or secondary to other uh, conditions that you may have. Um, TBI, uh, mental health, there's a variety of them. So that is how we're going to then connect those migraines to something already service connected. Um, obviously with the diagnosis, the nexus letter, which is um, the connection that shows the migraine to that service connected condition that you already have. And the independent medical opinion of an accredited doctor stating that yes, more than likely than not, your migraines are affected by that condition that is service connected. So that is, a, a secondary condition or a secondary claim. Awesome. Sorry. Awesome. Great. Yes. Yeah. And a, a good example of, of that that we see coming through a lot. I know almost 90% of us, if not all of us veterans here that may have worked in the MOS where there's just you no know, noise pollution as far as generating mechanics or on the flight deck. Tinnitus is one of those ones that, you know, can really have the um, effect on veterans where it causes those migraines. And that's one that we we can connect a lot of the times because it's one very common for veterans to have tinnitus and very common for tinnitus to cause migraines as a secondary. With that being said though, keep in mind that if you, if you have a primary condition like tinnitus and it's not service connected yet, it doesn't do you any good to try to now file migraine secondary to that tinnitus that's not service connected yet. And that's where that comes in. You have that, that first condition has to be service connected before you can add that migraine claim onto a secondary. So in this sense, if you have tinnitus, you can, and then and your symptoms speak to that, hey doc, because of this tinnitus, now I'm having these migraines and they already owned up to causing the tinnitus by service connecting you. So now 
it's almost like a, a nexus is starting right there by saying these migraines are secondary to that, to, to break that down a little further. And that goes with, with any other disability you have, not just tinnitus, it could be traumatic brain injury, you know, sinusitis, right? Even radiculopathy, asthma, all these things can be um, causing um, you to have your migraines. And if that's your truth, you need to speak on those and not minimize that in that sense. And even the medicines that you take for these conditions or these disabilities that you have, right. a lot of times the, the medication that you do take can cause migraines, can cause headaches. So keep that in mind as well. Right. Absolutely. And yes, medications is one of those things where it's a, a very touchy subject with the VA because they can actually try to use that against you. I've seen vets, you know, they are heard vets come to me and they were like, hey, you know, I've had these migraines for all these years and I was taking some medication and I stopped and they would leave it right there. And the, the VA will see that as you're better, which is not necessarily the truth. So you have to elaborate on that medication piece. If you were taking medications for migraines and you stopped, you have to not just tell them the what, but the why. Why did you stop taking the medications? Sometimes is maybe it may be just side effects. You may just not like the side effects from that medication because they cause other things. It could be that for instance, your insurance doesn't cover that medication anymore. The medication can get recalled. There's so many different reasons why medications are, are um, not in play anymore, but the VA will definitely use that against you. And on the flip side of that, you have to think about it just because you don't have the medication, just because you didn't take the medication or stop taking it doesn't mean your symptoms just magically went away and you're fixed. And that's what you have to impress upon them. Even if you stopped and you started using your own methods to cope with your symptoms, that's the verbiage you have to use because that's exactly the truth. You're doing over-the-counter, you're doing home remedies, whatever it may be, to cope with your symptoms of migraines, whether you're taking medications for it or not. And, and that's a very important point to, to keep in mind. All right, so again, when it comes to, um, to the, the migraine piece too, you wanna be very careful when you go into, for example, your, your CMP exam. And we always preach that that's the most important day of your claim, and it really is. You, you can have the best um, medical evidence. You can have the, the most stellar award-winning buddy letter, you know, pull surprise, whatever you want to call it. And then you get to your CMP exam. And, and like an uh, example I like to use a lot with one of my fellow coaches, Stacey, you can, you know, they can ask you some question innocently saying, hey, you know, does any does anybody in your family have migraines? And you know, innocently and truthfully, you want to answer if that's the truth. Hey, you know, my my kid gets migraines, and and that was his thing. And they used that against him and said, Hey, you know, you have a family history of migraines. Now, everybody on Facebook Live right now knows that the chicken comes before the egg, right? <laughs> but again, the the, the <laughs> VA will, will try to to alter the natural flow of things and try to make us believe that our kids are causing our headaches. <laughs> Sometimes they might. Sometimes they might. But the actual migraine and, and where it started and the cause of it, the root cause, is from your military service. And you just have to redirect them and always remember, tell them where the, the, the root of the, the problem started. It is not what happened after is not what happened before. If your symptoms started while you're in your military service, they need to, to understand that. And, and if that's your case and they try to do something like that, you can always do a high level review. You can always call the White House hotline. You can always do some rebuttal if, if it's a blatant just nonsense that the VA does. They just flat out get it wrong sometimes. So don't take that as the end of everything. And even if you have you no know, 
treatments for your migraines in while you're in service, remember the VA now still want to say, okay, you got migraines while you were in service, but that still doesn't prove sometimes that the military service actually caused the migraines. For instance, example, if you have diabetes and you were filing for diabetes and you have to, the burden of proof is on you that you didn't get diabetes from some service connected thing versus your bad eating habits. And then you blame the military for it. So that nexus statement is still very important in, in a lot of these claims process if the medical evidence is not super, super heavy and solid to, to put it in their face. And uh, all right, so I'm looking through the chat here. B Rad is on with us. <laughs> Welcome, B Rad. Nice to see you, buddy. All right, we have a question here from Alex. Can you connect migraine secondary to sleep apnea? Absolutely, you can, Alex. You want to touch that one, Sandra? Or do you want me to handle that one? Go ahead. Um, oh, you can. But yeah, okay. Go ahead. So, <laughs> no worries. You sleep apnea. <laughs> No, it's just all education and, and we're all here to learn because a lot of the times the the problem with this claims process is not most times, you no, know, you're lazy or a lack of drive is a lack of knowledge and, and that ignorance they use against us in the VA because we don't know. You can't help what you don't know. So this form is all about that. So sleep apnea and, and migraines, absolutely. When you think of sleep apnea in, in the diagnosis of sleep apnea, you're having periods where you're not getting, you're not breathing and they call it apneic periods for, for lack of better terms. And when you're having these apneic periods, your brain is not getting oxygen and some parts of your body is not getting oxygen too because you're holding your breath and you're, you're not circulating. So that can absolutely cause you to have disturbances in your sleep and you can definitely um, service connect that. We do it pretty much all the time here. Just remember though, <laughs> I know Sandra is smiling, but with sleep apnea, we kind of have a, <laughs> it's kind of a, one of those touchy subjects yeah, because yeah. it's a very, very popular claim. Because again, back in the day, you know, you got out, most of the times they just told you you slept bad or you snored and there was no real diagnosis for sleep apnea. So now you know, the VA is catching up with, with medical times and, and evidence-based practice they're now learning that sleep apnea is a major issue for veterans and, and people alike, and it causes long-term effects, heart conditions, sleep apnea, the whole nine. So they they really are now cracking down on this claim in the, in the sense that if you're not diagnosed with the sleep apnea while you're in service, or at least within a year of getting out of service, it is very hard now to prove that nexus or to have the VA now own up to causing that sleep apnea. And it's one of the toughest claims to, to win in that sense, even with a connection, even with a nexus, they, they really want you to have that diagnosis while you're in service. Not saying that that, that claim is impossible to win, but it's just, right. it's a very, it's like molasses up a hill. It's, a, <laughs> it's an uphill battle there when it comes to sleep apnea. So just keep that in mind, Alex, not to, to discourage you, but just know that you have a fight on your hands unless you were diagnosed in service. Great question, though. All right, let me see. So, James. Is the nexus letter, letter from a nurse practitioner okay, or is it better from a doctor? Um, I would say that both are okay because they're both accredited and they're both uh, practicing. So either either one is fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, any board certified practitioner? Can, can diagnose you. And again, if you didn't get your butt to the doctor, like Brian says, and you don't have your own diagnosis, 
there's ways that we can help you there with with um, our independent group of medical professionals through uh, Telemedica, and they all they do day in and day out is IMOs or independent medical opinions and nexus letters for for veterans. They are not treating anybody; they're just evaluating you. So they have your best interests at heart, and they really do put together a solid um, piece of evidence for you to bring forth to the VA for sure. So there's always a way to to connect it that way if you don't have your own evidence or medical evidence. That's true. Yeah. Uh, my daily headache secondary with my service-connected chronic pain and tinnitus. Um, yeah, we just touched upon that. Just uh, Jay Reed just was touching upon the uh, specifically the tinnitus, how um, it is scientifically proven that tinnitus can cause migraines or headaches. So yes, that is um, most likely. Uh, again, you need that diagnosis for the right. migraines, for the headaches, so that um, you can move forward with a secondary claim to that uh, tinnitus. So what we do is we leave it up. If you do go to Telemedica, which is the, uh, uh, the providers that we usually refer you to for that independent medical opinion or nexus statement, once you provide the evidence that you have, the medical documentation, they will then review that for you to connect the um, migraines or those headaches to the tinnitus that your service connected for. But yes, tinnitus is definitely uh, one of the conditions that can cause headaches, migraines. Absolutely. And again, guys, just don't minimize your symptoms. Just don't, if you're asking if, and when, those if questions are usually the, the secret sauce to, to the breakthrough in the VA, you have to really not downplay what's going on with you and, and ask the right questions like you guys are doing so great job. Go ahead, Sandra. Uh, would a claim for sleep apnea secondary to knee arthritis stand a chance? Well, that's a great question. It's a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, John. That, like that's that one right there is is kind of a, you, a stretch one, but in in the sense you you would have to use like an intermediate there and say, for instance, your arthritis was if it's service connected already if your service connected arthritis has caused you not to be able to work out or exercise or or be active in the sense that you've gained you know weight and it's causing you now to have symptoms of sleep apnea you can kind of link it that way but that's kind of like a a, a two-pronged approach and you we call that intermediate step but there are veterans that have been service connected because of, of physical conditions for sleep apnea, like for instance, back conditions, just like your knee. If you if you can't get up out of bed and do the things you're able to do to stay active and, you, and your weight gain shoots up, like I've had vets say they've gained 60 pounds, 70 pounds in, in a few months just because of an injury. So it's 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 quite possible. And then if your airway is, is obstructed when you're laying down because of your anatomy, because you're bigger, because you're you're um, now getting more obstructed, that is absolutely something that you can do, but you have to be able to prove all those things along the way, and that's where it becomes a difficult process, but not impossible, just Herculean sometimes when it comes to to doing those intermediates. You have to have that medical evidence and, and really strong evidence to back that, for sure. And, and that, also and be able to speak to your, right, exactly, and, and also be able to speak to those, to those symptoms and connect all the, the dots there because we can have the medical opinion and the medical evidence, but if you go into the CMP exam and you can't articulate how that knee or how that arthritis or how that back or whatever is affecting you in a sense that you is causing these sleep apnea symptoms, then again, it becomes a, a hard thing to do. So that would be a point of you know getting with your coach, knowing your symptoms, cold, having that strong, strong medical evidence and going from there for sure. Absolutely.
So do I get reevaluated every number of years if I am P and T? Very, very, very good question. I don't want to mess. I'm going to say Ja. I'm going to go with that. I don't want to mess up your question or, or mess up your name. But yes, to answer your question, you don't. For instance, when you're permanently in total, on your letter, usually it would say, you know, no future exams or stuff like that. From for, in, for instance, in my case, I got permanently in total in 2019 and I haven't had a, a, a CMP exam or any correspondence with the VA as far as my claims go um, since then. You're supposed to be free and clear, done and done not worrying about it is when you're at 100% without the PT, then sometimes they can reevaluate your conditions, especially now, great question. You asked that migraines is, is actually one of the top ones that they do reevaluate along with mental health conditions. So just be, you know, keep with your medications, keep up with your appointments if you're doing them and, and just be able to speak to your symptoms. If that day does come that they want to reevaluate you, don't blow off your CMP and be like, man, I got my 50, they leave me, leave me be. Don't do that. Just if the VA schedules you for a CMP exam for whatever reason, even if you know it's bogus, just call, still go, and make sure that you are able to continue to speak to your symptoms and and keep your your rating the same. Or if you're lower, like so you're at thirty percent, and your symptoms got worse, and they reevaluate you, there's nothing saying that you can't now go to a fifty versus just thinking they're gonna drop you down. But sometimes they do do that if you're not PNT, for sure. Is it pyramiding if you are service-connected for sinusitis with headaches and can file for migraines as well or what? Um, so you are service-connected for sinusitis with headaches and so no. So headaches and migraines are the same thing, Patrick. So that would be, if you will, pyramiding. So it falls all under the same umbrella. Um, migraines, headaches, like we said earlier, there are over 150 types of um, headaches. So that would be the same thing. So they most likely would not award you another headache, uh, yeah. rated rating for the headaches being that you're already service connected for the migraines. All right. Yeah. Headaches. Yeah. And that's or kind headaches. of yeah. one of those things. <laughs> headaches, that headaches. The VA is very um, tricky in the way that they, they, they diagnose certain things, even with that. I, same thing with like mental health adjustment disorder. If you say adjustment, that automatically entails that it's a temporary thing. Adjustment period quotation disorder. So they can come back now into the, um, I think it was Josh's point to reduce you again. You They can come back now and say, well, it was an adjustment disorder. So that means it's temporary. So you're expected to get better so they can come now and reevaluate your job. So the same thing they kind of do with migraines, you have to keep up with, with your symptoms. And, and if you're going to appointment, do the same thing because the VA is very creative with their with the ways they use loopholes to to come and <laughs> to take your rating away or not serve connect you in, in, to begin with. So be very, very careful with that. Creative, I like that word. I, mean, <laughs> I have better words or more, yeah. more spicy words to use. But no, we'll that's a good one. That's a good we'll one. We'll use right now. <laughs> uh, no sure, I'll read it for you. I've been denied headaches secondary to tinnitus on a higher level review. I also have sinusitis. Is that a stronger connection to migraines? I mean, it's that, that really, again, it speaks to you and your truth and your symptoms is subjective to you, especially with um, the tinnitus and the the sinusitis, you can be diagnosed with it, but you really have to speak to the symptoms. And a lot of times, 
you if you speak to the symptom and severity of it, the VA will do the rest and and kind of go with which one is giving you the the more severe symptoms and rate you that way. So it's really up to how bad the tinnitus symptoms compared to the sinusitis symptoms. So it it in that sense is up to you as a veteran to really impress upon them how bad your symptoms are and what they're causing you. And then the VA will kind of sort out the rest. We're not the doctors usually, so we kind of try to pre-diagnose ourselves and do that, but it really doesn't do us any good. We, we, we just, if we focus on the symptoms, I promise you, they will diagnose themselves and you'll be better off for it. You might get multiple diagnoses and not even know it because you're speaking to the symptoms and not just what the diagnosis you were told you have or misdiagnosed with or, or assumed you have for a lot of the times. For sure. Okay. Is is IBS secondary IBS. to PTSD? Irritable bowel syndrome can be secondary to PTSD. It, again, it depends on your symptoms. I had vets that, <laughs> and I'm not. I hope they're not on the call. And I'm not. I don't call names. I just say my vet. So there's there's vets that have had CMP exams, and they'll <laughs> they'll message me the night before, and be like, Jay Reed, you know, I've had this mm -hmm. crazy diarrhea <laughs> because I'm so nervous, and my symptoms from my I can't handle it. I don't know how to do this, and Absolutely, you can have physical manifestations of, of your PTSD symptoms as far as irritable bowel syndrome, you know, nausea, acid reflux, whatever you call it. So yes, that is definitely connectable. I felt as so long bad. as you have that, you know, that nexus statement again. Recall, remember the connection, the connection, the statement that states that yes, indeed, it is more likely than not, or right. that the. Um, that they are connected basically an accredited doctor that states that it absolutely. is the, yeah. the nexus, that connection. Absolutely. And I know now with, with COVID going on and getting appointments <laughs> to go see doctors for stuff can be tricky. And, and also keep in mind too, again, you, you just need, if you're taking medications, if you have prescriptions for anything at any point in time, all that counts as, as evidence too. Don't minimize, again, the, the stuff you do have. If you've seen anybody at any point in time, any doctor, and you had a headache and they gave you some a prescription for anything, bring that with you. The more medical evidence you have, the better. The, the number one reason why the VA denies claims is lack uh, of medical lack. evidence. So you can never have too much of that. As long as it's your truth and your evidence, you're good. All right, we got Tim with a question. I love that name, Tim Wells. Sounds like famous. <laughs> How hard is it to claim sleep apnea secondary to tinnitus? If I never went to a doctor in the military for sleep apnea, I've been using CPAP machine for two years now. Yeah. So claiming sleep apnea secondary to, to tinnitus. Yeah. And again, we, we kind of covered this one a little earlier and, I, and I'll touch on it again because I definitely one sleep apnea is, is again, one linked to migraines and two a very, very, popular claim amongst us veterans because most of us develop it from basic training. If you think about it, you get injured out of your sleep in the randomly in the middle of the night by multiple people, multiple days a week. It, it can absolutely mess up your sleep cycle. But as far as getting it service connected, if you weren't diagnosed while you're in service, like you said, you never went for treatment, never went for anything in service, but you have the CPAP machine now that you got out of service and the VA gave it to you. The thing about it is the VA will diagnose you with sleep apnea they'll even treat you for it. They'll give you a CPAP machine. They'll send you to your sleep studies, the whole nine. What they will not do is admit they caused it. And that's what Sandra, she, and she keeps hitting it on the head. You have to have that next statement. So I say that to say, yes, you can try to connect to tinnitus, but again, it's gonna be a difficult task. It is very hard, but as long as you have your medical evidence, you have that nexus, 
it's it, you can give it a shot and, and try to go there. If you have a buddy that can write a sworn statement, for instance, if they were with you in your service and you have had people write um, buddy statements for, or sworn statements for the battle buddy in, in basic or in AIT or whatever job they may have saying, hey, I used to witness him snoring and we used to have to kick his bunk or whatever you may call it, then then go for it. The, the more evidence you have to help your, your claim, the better, but you will need all that you can get for sure, Tim, when it comes to the sleep apnea, if you're not diagnosed while you're in service. That's just being transparent and honest with you coming from this side of things and, and dealing with these claims day in and day out. And Sandra's shaking her head yeah. because she knows the sleep apnea yeah. one is a it's a bear, for lack of better terms. It's, it's a hard one. But don't give up, Tim. But that evidence is so important. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I actually uh, had a client recently who actually does have sleep apnea, uh, diagnosed with sleep apnea. <clears throat> we did a claim secondary to his mental health. And um, within two days, he was uh, raided for sleep apnea. So he had gathered a, a plethora of evident, evidence. Um, he had the IMO nexus. He had buddy letters. He had personal statements, um, evidence, medical evidence. So all that combined and then presented, they had sufficient evidence to not even send him to a CNP exam, but just give him a call and within two days award him for that sleep apnea. So um, it's not easy, but it, it, you know, it, it can yeah. happen, but you, you do really need to uh, hone in on the, that nexus, the diagnosis, the evidence, the, you know, everything to build that claim. Absolutely. And then Alfie right there, he just, he just compounded yeah. exactly what Sandra just said. I appreciate the feedback, Alfie. Yes. That nexus letter or that having that connection or nexus statement connecting your, your actual symptoms to your military service as, as being the causation, it's absolutely paramount, absolutely important. And, and then within one week, <laughs> my boy Alfie got that 50%. Congrats, 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 because we know that it can be awesome. a, a, oh yeah, mm -hmm. it can be a battle with with the uh, migraine claims. I almost it makes me upset too because I I have candid conversations with my my vets. I try to do that always because again we we're we're adults and we've been through so much in our life. We don't need to sugarcoat stuff, and I mean this process is is a hard one. So, you for instance, you have people walking by you day in and day out. They have prescriptions for things. You know, I worked with doctors all the time. Sometimes they may have anxiety and they may have a Xanax prescription and nobody bats an eye, you know? And and here we are, we're raising our hands and we're, we're fighting for our country and, and we have to go to the VA and get on our knees to prove we have a freaking headache. I mean, <laughs> there's that. You, you work at McDonald's, you slip on some frozen yogurt, you get workman's comp, <laughs> no problem. You know, and I'll just leave yeah. that. It's something that yeah. is, it's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about this job because I just see the the VA and and the way that you know I'm not knocking all VA employees and and what they do, but again, if the VA was doing right by us, then this movement wouldn't be propelling the way it did because there's so many underserved vets out there because they're not doing what they're supposed to do by us. So we're here to kind of help coach through these things, try to help move with those red tape and that those myths and the the barracks lawyer jargon that you hear coming out and try to give you some light at the end of the tunnel to know that, hey, all these years that you've been you know, hearing that no, or all these years they've been slamming the door in your face, it doesn't mean it's the end. I mean, I had I was talking to a vet this weekend and he almost made me choke up because this man, he's up there in age, and I don't like to say old, I like to say seasoned, because <laughs> he's a seasoned, not just because he's a vet, just in general, I say everybody's, my patients, they're seasoned. Great guy, this man has suffered for over 
God, he said he's been going to the VA for 20 years, right? And he actually is one of the few people that the VA gave diagnosis to. He has diagnosis for PTSD. He has diagnosis for migraines, had diagnosis for the whole nine. Could you imagine that this man has a 0% rating? With all those diagnoses from the VA, not one person in that building told this man to file a claim. And when he, and it's funny because he said, "Hey, Jay Reed, my wife told me that, you know, if I if I file with you guys, I can get compensated for for a couple of these things and get like maybe a ten or twenty percent or thirty to get my." I said, "Listen to me here. <laughs> we will we will get you to a hundred percent with what you have and all these. You already have the diagnosis. Just somebody didn't show you that kindness and said, "Hey, buddy." go file this claim because the healthcare section and the benefits section are separate. We know they're not supposed to talk to each other, but my God, 20 years and not one person, even the clerk on the desk of whispered in his ear, like, Hey buddy, you know, I see you limping. Just come back and file a claim. Nobody, no one. And he just was like beside himself, like because of that relief of, Oh my God, I can retire now, if I get this done and not have to worry about my wife struggling or I'm struggling or not being happy or working my whole life and not being able to enjoy my retirement because now there's no social security there for me because the government wants to do whatever they want to do with it. This is so much more than just winning a claim monetarily. This, these, this claims process and having these veterans are to take charge of their life and their claim, it's, it's, it's something that will always be the forefront of this movement and it helps fuel us to keep working hard for you guys. And and, and we have veterans on here that are working on their own claims and, and trying to empower themselves and, and move forward with their with their lives and get what they're legally, morally, and ethically you know, deserving of. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the most important part, for sure. And you know, I'm a, obviously a coach here at VA Claims Insider and I'm not a veteran. However, my father was uh, is a veteran for 23 years Air Force. So, um, you know, when I came on board here, which was the best thing I've ever done because it's so rewarding and it's so, it's just so wonderful, you know, to be able to assist and help and then, you know, just gather the knowledge that I've been given so that I can then, you know, give it to you, give it to the clients, give it to you veterans. Um, and in the short period that I've been a coach, which not too short, but, um, you know, the, the success stories are abundant. There are so many. And I have many, um, you know, I was just discussing this uh, over another meeting recently that I'll have uh, clients, veterans coming to me at zero, ten. And to me, it's just mind boggling, just like right. uh, Jay Reed was describing, um, you know, and and working. You, through that claims process and, and working with, you know, alongside of um, my veterans, because they're, you know, I um, I am, I can attest to these amazing success stories. And if you're on Facebook and obviously part of a mastermind, you, you obviously see all the success stories that are posted on there day in and day out. So, uh, you know, if you're in the zeros and the tens or, you know, you're just starting, just keep going. Even if you're at 50, 70, I can guarantee you um, good things come to those who wait. So please uh, stay in the game because we're here literally uh, to help you. And we do it with our heart and our soul and we love doing it. So we're going to fight with you. Absolutely. Great, great, great. Sandra. Absolutely. Because it it almost feels like it's, it's not, 
your win half the time when you're working with us is our win. So if if the VA comes back with something unfavorable, we we both feel it. And and, we, and I know as a coach, I feel a disappointment with you if you get a decision, especially when we know it's blatant nonsense that is they just got it flat out wrong. It's just a waste of your time and, and, and they're insulting your intelligence. And and I we get it. So we, we feel that with you and we empathize there and we just we won't ask you to do something in this process that we ourselves haven't done if we were, if we did the process or that we wouldn't tell our other veterans to do to be successful in this in this um experience. And then yes. we have another question here from Eric. It says, can we submit medical research articles as supporting evidence for migraine claims? Example on migraine secondary to depression and anxiety. Yes, absolutely. 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 All the time we do it. And even so in, in, in the, the Nexus letter or Nexus statement, a lot of times they may have references to other cases, other articles and, and medic, medic, evidence-based practice um, um, findings for the same conditions to kind of compound that. But you can always find newspaper articles, uh, magazine clippings, whatever it may be. I know we have some vets um, that have used that in case, for instance, if there was a, an a explosion or some kind of thing that was in the news about the military and they can't find it off the top of their head, they can always go to that that newspaper clipping or that magazine or the article and use that to say, this is the evidence this actually happened. Because a lot of times, if you don't remember, the VA will take that as it never happened. And that's, you know, that's not the truth, but sometimes you have to bring that extra evidence and that's absolutely okay, for sure. Great question. Mm -hmm. How do you link migraines to medication prescribed during my career, 20 years, which has side effects of headaches? You pretty much just did. <laughs> yeah, you, you pretty much you, you, exactly. You, you basically that is that is exactly what you say to them. You you what you speak to the symptoms. If you've been taking this medication, whatever symptoms or side effect it caused you all these years, and you were taking this medication for a primary reason that the VA caused, you can absolutely speak to that and and just let them know. Okay, I've had to. For instance, you have people taking ibuprofen or whatever for knee injuries for for 20 30 years and now their their um their gi system is all messed up and they're having you no know, irritable bowel syndrome or any type of uh, stomach issues that's directly linked to them taking those medication or those NSAIDs or whatever you call them and and causing those situations so it's the same the same formula you use for that for sure great question all right let me see if we have anything else in the box. Um, that's what I was actually going to uh, read because I saw that question come through and okay. I, I thought that was a great question. Perfect. Um, um, Go ahead, Sandra, you got it. So, can, no, I mean, I saw it on the, on the uh, comments there and I was hoping that it would be uh, brought out to us. So, can you quickly touch on the levels between migraine ratings, 10, 30, 50, is it primarily based on frequency or severity? Um, so yes, so the VA rating for migraines uh, is zero, 10, 30, 50%. Uh, like we were stating before, the uh, there are different levels and they do base your rating on the severity and the frequency of your migraines. So um, if you check out CFR 38, part four, uh, I believe it was uh, 8,100, the- uh, yeah, 8, 8100, you will see in that um, on their site specifically what your uh, symptoms need to be to be able to be rated at those levels. So at 10%, 30%, 50%. 
or 0% zero zero, uh, service connected. So if you check that out, the uh, CFR 38 part four, 8100, um, you will get an overview of uh, the specifics on what the VA is by law following to rate you between that zero and 50. Uh, yeah, just like yes. this, absolutely. Just like a synopsis, like at, at 10%, generally the, the VA is looking for you to have that prostrating and, and averaging maybe like um, two or so a month and they last over several months. That's like the baseline. That's the 10%. And if, if your symptoms are worse after that, then you just speak on that and go from there. And again, you have to let them know if it's affecting you, your occupational potential or your earning potential or your job or anything like that, you have to let them know because that's part of the, the severity or of your rating because it's costing you something in your life that that your maybe your earning potential, maybe a promotion, maybe whatever it may be, you you have to speak to that. And th because the, the VA is giving you a rating for a disability, something that's debilitating in your life socially and occupationally. So you have to impress upon them the severity or the extent of this debilitation in your life. And, and once you do that, the, the rating will come. Yeah. How is it impacting right. your lifestyle specifically? How? Elaborate. Mm -hmm. Let them know. How do you get a nexus letter? That's a great question. Oh, yeah. So if you, if you are a member of uh, VA Claims Insider, you can uh, obviously get with your coach. However, we are affiliated with a company called Telemedica. Telemedica. Um, they are a group of medical providers that can provide you a nexus letter, uh, independent medical opinion nexus letter. Obviously, you need to have that um, evidence and uh, evidence and the medical documentation to support that nexus statement, right. nexus letter. So. You can't just go in, obviously, hey, can I get a Nexus letter? But they will review all your records. They will look through all um, your documentation, specifically the medical documentation. And if they find that there is that connection, um, they will provide you with that Nexus letter. So Telemedica is the uh, company uh, that you would go to. Uh, you know, I've heard other veterans in the past, you know, trying to get this documentation through a private doctor, a lot of them um, are not very um, knowledgeable on what the nexus statement or the nexus letter is. So they may be a little bit reticent and they probably won't provide you with that. The VA definitely will not. Um, so yeah, you can talk to your doctor about it, but um, if you are a member and you need that, please get with your coach and they will let you know how to connect with that team to provide that nexus statement absolutely yeah and that, that nexus statement like you said it, we can't stress enough you know how important that is when it comes to even if you already have a diagnosis for the migraines even if you've been seen by a doctor before you, the burden of proof is still on you that those migraines and those symptoms or those headaches whatever were caused by your military service not just that you got them while you're in it's very important indeed all right, we're getting close to the end here, guys. Keep your questions coming. We, we got a few minutes left. If you have any more questions, again, thank you guys for for coming out with us. And and you could have been anywhere today, you know, on a Wednesday, doing wherever part of the world you were in, and you're here with us and trying to empower yourself and educate yourself on on your your claims process and you know better your life for yourself and and your families. 
and it's a great place to do this. We, we appreciate you guys' questions and you guys' feedback in the chat. And, and we're here for you guys. You know, if you, I think they posted the link in the chat there. If you want to know how to get a Nexus letter or you want to get in touch with us, please look in the chat and, and get connected with us that way if you don't already have a coach. There, there are plenty of coaches here that are expertly trained so you can have your claims filed in a timely manner and also you know have someone that has your back for once when it comes to this claims process and you're not doing it in the in the dark or in the blind or just guessing and and having your your claims either in appeals for years or or not even filed right because you go to your vso god bless their hearts they're they're accredited to to file your claim for you physically they'll push that button for you which is great but what they're not responsible for is making sure you have a winning claim. And, and that's where we come in. We, we coach you and consult you and make sure that all the evidence you have, every, your whole packet is ready to smack the VA in the face with it. And then if they decide that they don't like the first smack, then we turn the other cheek with them and smack them in the other cheek because we have what we need. And we know that we did this the right way and they need to do right by us. And, and that's the confidence that we go with moving forward. Even if you get a denial, there's always a rebuttal. There's not, it's not the end all be all. It's not you get what you get and you don't get upset. I've heard vets come to me and say that, like, I thought if I filed one time, I just take it and that was it. 30 years later, they didn't know that they can come off that 10% and go for what I call a refinance when it comes to these um, <laughs> conditions. You just got to go refinance. They give you a bad rating. You know that your symptoms are worse. Go refinance. <laughs> done and done. Okay. Sandra. There's a couple. Yeah, there are a couple questions there that I was reading. Um, how to get a coach or how to start the process. And there is a link in the comments. That is our website. You so go. you just uh, go to the website, read a little bit of the information. There is a uh, um, button there to click on to get started. It is free to get started and get one of us. We right. love to, uh, <laughs> John and I, and there are obviously many Love's others right. uh, oh, yeah. that are you know very caring and loving and ready to serve you. Um, to be there and um, assist you through the process and ensure that you are getting what you deserve. You know, you, you serve, you deserve. And uh, we truly uh, stand by that statement and we believe in it. And we, we uh, so we're here for you. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's my uh, Facebook live, my first time. And um, I can't wait to do more. This has been really, really great. Awesome. I didn't <laughs> so transparency. Thank you. We, we all yeah. have nerves when it comes to the don't think that we're here infallible and we're like <laughs> super coaches and we do yeah. even though we know we're sharing information that we talk about every day it's it's always a, a daunting task sometimes to make sure that we're doing right by you guys and making sure that exactly. we give you a good presentation and make sure that you get all the information that you came here to get and that now you feel empowered to move forward and, and start your claims process in no matter what stage in the claim process you are. If you're at 0% or you never filed before, if you're 90% and you're that vet that they treat you like, you know, you're a marathon runner and the VA is that tape and they keep pulling it back the closer you get, <laughs> you get to the finish line. If you're that vet, we can help you too. I promise you, we, we will we will get you where you need to be. Just trust Indeed. the process, trust the coaches and believe in the fact that if you served, you deserve and, and nothing mm -hmm. else should matter outside of that really and and tell your truth about it thank you guys so so much for coming out and 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 sharing this time with us and i hope now that you will you will take our advice and not let the va keep sticking it to you the way they have been and now you have some more information and you have resources that you can use to to fight that battle and win this time okay thank you guys so much yes i i second that thank you so much for being with us today i appreciate it Absolutely. greatly
it's been fun. Absolutely.